Welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. I'll be here until 11 o'clock this morning. This first hour is an open line, then a conversation with the Julia Reitz, the Champaign County State's Attorney. Tomorrow on the show, an open line at 9, then Kay Green talks about the Nutcracker uh, just after the 10 o'clock news. And on uh, Friday, open line the first hour, then Lincoln historian Guy Fraker talking about his new book, A Guide to Lincoln's Eighth Judicial uh, Circuit. Want to know stuff about Abraham Lincoln. This is the guy, Guy Fraker. I've had him on the air before and uh, look forward to talk to him again on uh, Friday. Our phone number is here at 356-9397. The heating and uh, cooling text line from Castle is 351-5357. What are we going to talk about today? Well, a lot of the open lines uh, wind up being what you want to talk about, and that's just fine. That's what we like to do on an open line. Here are some of the headline stories that I want to get to uh, today. Get to some of these, I'm sure, but uh, some of them probably not, because you're going to have a lot of ideas of things for us to talk about uh, in addition to these. North Korea launching the longest-range missile yet says it can reach all of the United States. I don't know about you, but uh, this nutcase over there in North Korea worries me. Worries me. And a surprise announcement today. Matt Lauer fired from the Today Show due to inappropriate sexual behavior in the workplace. That one, this came out of the blue. Some of the others uh, had accusations uh, at the beginning. That was the first story, accusations. And then came the firings later, a day or two later sometimes. But this one, bang, he is, uh, he's gone. NBC also fired a senior executive who was what they call a booker. It was Lauer's booker. It's a guy that books guests uh, for Lauer on the show. And Lauer became so powerful on the Today Show that Matt Zimmerman, that's the booker's name, he wound up booking guests for just about everybody on the show. He kind of took over the role. And uh, he also apparently had something to do with, at least the accusation is, he had something to do with uh, booking some of the women that Lauer was, uh, has been accused of uh, having a inappropriate sexual behavior with. Angela Lansbury, remember her? Gosh, she was on television for years and years. She was a great, great uh, Broadway star. 
She provoked outrage yesterday by saying that women must sometimes take blame for rape. How about that statement? What do you think of that? Women must sometimes take blame for rape. That's Angela Lansbury. And a man down in Philo is appalled by a racist solicitation that arrived in the mail. This was an invitation to join a white supremacist organization. It's called the Racial Nationalist Party of America. Anybody else uh, get that mailing? I'd like to know more about that uh, organization or uh, see if this uh, invitation to join is widespread or just uh, he just happened to get on the mailing list some way. I don't know. The Champaign City Council showing support for the bike-sharing rental system That would allow users to park bikes anywhere when finished with them. The staff, uh, Champaign County City, uh, Champaign City Council staff is directed to report back on the regulation, fee options, and a lot goes into this. But uh, they're showing a lot of support for it. And four more have thrown their hats in the ring for the March 20th primary election including a State Rep. Carol Ammons, who is seeking a third term in the Illinois House. A letter to the editor in today's News Gazette contends that the University of Illinois is now being run by a small group of malcontents. Meghan Markle is to become a citizen of the U.K. and to follow a lot of other red tape before she can marry Prince Harry. And we can uh, talk basketball if you like. Like line I got beat uh, 80 to 73, lost to Wake Forest in the Big 10 ACC challenge. So did a lot of other teams uh, from the Big 10 uh, get beat. This is uh, going to be a pretty easy win for the ACC this year. And the Big Ten's had its way the last uh, couple of years. Next up, the uh, for the Illini, the opening of the Big Ten season Friday night at Northwestern. Then you go back and play some more non-conference games and back to the uh, Maryland uh, coming uh, to the uh, State Farm Center. So that's uh, some of the headlines. Uh, what's on your mind today? Three five six nine three nine seven. Text me at the 351-5357. So if you want to talk uh, some basketball, if you uh, saw and heard the game last night, a couple of strange things that happened in there with regard to fouls. I've never seen them call a foul, go over to see if that is a flagrant foul, and come back and say that wasn't a foul at all. Wow. That's what happened. What do you think, Alan? Hey, hello, Jim. Uh, some ways of the game, I thought we looked pretty good at times, and then other times we didn't look good, obviously. Uh, I don't know what's the problem with our two marks, but our Mark All-Star and Mark Smith are not playing very well. All-Star is a senior, and he fouls two three-point shooters back-to-back almost. 
and that costs us four or five points. He can't make those kind of mistakes. He ought to be holding up to no better. Well, he made the first eight points of the game, didn't he? That was it. <laughs> well, that was it. Yeah, there were too many uh, turnovers in the game and too many fouls. Yes. At the, uh, uh, in, in, that, in that first half, I uh, looked up once, and we had uh, nine fouls, and they had one. Yep. That turned around a little bit in the uh, the second half, and uh, but that's too many. We we just make crazy fouls. We're still making major having major problems with guarding the three point shooter. I mean, Wake Forest is not that good, but they played lights out last night. And uh, I don't know, Aaron Jordan. If we didn't have him, and everybody wanted to get rid of him after last year, if we didn't have him, I don't know how bad we'd be. Aaron Jordan, he really, really good. Yeah, I don't know. You say everybody wanted to get rid of him. He, I, everybody thought he was going to leave. I don't know if they wanted to get rid of him or not, but uh, he's uh, well, he hasn't shown anything, basically. Well, he didn't get to play much. That's true. I understand that. Hmm. But, uh, but he did he's, play well he, when he did play. He's off to a good start shooting the threes, that's for sure. Real good. He's All right. leading the nation, I think. Hmm. Hey, I appreciate Yeah, he's leading the nation in percentage on the three-point shots uh, going into that, and he didn't hurt himself. He made uh, four out of six. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I appreciate right. the call. Uh, thank you, Alan. We'll uh, take our first break right here. The phone lines are open at uh, 356-9397. Text me at uh, 3515357. What's on your mind today? Give me a call. Uh, let's... Uh, Get some conversation going here. We appreciate Alan talking a little bit about Illinois basketball. We can talk more of that if you like and uh, or anything else that I've had in my headlines or maybe you want to bring up something entirely new. Let's take a break first and come back and find out who's next. This is an open line on Penny this uh, first hour, and uh, Tricia is next. Hi, Tricia. Hi. What's up? Uh, well, I like listening to your show. I'm your first caller, and I hope you just keep it up. I was just wanting to say that a lot of the callers are calling in against the team, but actually we was out of the game from the very beginning because we was not only fighting the other team, we was fighting the referees too. And that's all I got to say. Thanks. All right. Keep- Thank you. Well, I don't know. I don't. I know the the fouls were uh, certainly uh, one sided, but I think a lot of that had to do with in that the first half that the uh, Wake Forest uh, players were taking the ball to the hoop, and you get fouled uh, doing that a lot. We were uh, standing around in a uh, semi-circle around a zone defense, and we were taking uh, mostly jump shots. And we made a lot of them. But you don't get fouled very often doing that. So that was uh, one of the reasons, a foul discrepancy uh, like there was in that uh, first. So... uh, We'll see. Northwestern uh, got beat uh, at the last uh, moment. So did, uh, I don't know, I just uh, got all the, uh, the scores here. And uh, Purdue won. Purdue beat uh, Louisville at uh, at Purdue. So that's one uh, victory for, for, the, uh, for the Big Ten. 
And uh, let's see what uh, Donald Trump has to say today. So now that Matt Lauer is gone, will the fake news practitioners at NBC be terminating the contract of Phil Griffin? And will they terminate the low ratings Joe Scarborough based on the unsolved mystery that took place in Florida years ago? Investigate! Exclamation mark. Also, just spoke to the president of China concerning the provocative actions of North Korea. Additional major sanctions will be imposed on North Korea today. The situation will be handled. And uh, Benny says, I met Julia Reitz at a dinner at the I Hotel where the featured speaker was Chris uh, Heron. Julia got up uh, from her table before the program started, went to every table to greet people who attended the dinner. I got to meet her. She is a very nice person. So if you have any uh, texts like that, uh, jump right in. And uh, Trump also, the president says, economy growing, excluding hurricane effects. CEA estimates that the real GDP growth would have been 3.9% in the third quarter. Stock market at a new high, unemployment at a low. We are winning and tax cuts will shift our economy into high gear. So he is... uh, Got the uh, got the phone out and doing a little texting this morning, just like all other mornings, it appears. This uh, thing with the North Korea, they launched uh, what they're calling the longest-range missile yet. That was yesterday. And they claim now that it's a new type of intercontinental ballistic missile that can reach all of the U.S., including the entire eastern U.S. seaboard. The North said in a televised announcement uh, just hours after the test launch that had been successfully fired, uh, they call it a new nuclear uh, capable ICBM that was significantly more powerful than the long-range missiles it had previously tested. It was the first uh, missile test in uh, two and a half months And uh, President Trump told reporters in response to the launch that the U.S. will take care of it. And he just announced that uh, one of the ways they're going to do that uh, today is uh, get together with uh, China. And uh, major sanctions will be imposed on North Korea. Ursula is next. Hello, Ursula. Hi. uh, I even hate to uh, mention this after this... uh uh, you know, news. I mean, it's really kind of scary. Uh, but uh, anyway, I'll, I'll go ahead. Oh, by the way, sorry to see you retire. Always enjoyed you very much. Um, there will be a new cre- uh, job creation uh, coming up. Uh, it'll be a, I, I think they call it a yenta or a duena. That's someone that, uh, you know, uh, is between uh, young couples that 
you know, want to go out together, or I think Ayenta is somebody that arranges for, uh, you know, introductions and possibly marriages. So because, uh, you know, as the, the normal way, I think people are starting to be afraid to even say hello to each other. So who's doing this? I said that's going to be a new job creation. Oh, you're you're just uh, you're just announcing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, but you know, really, uh, p- people are going to be you know afraid to talk to each other uh, for fear that uh, you know somebody's going to make something out of it that was never you know intended. So uh, maybe the old-fashioned way is still the best, even though we have. Uh, women's living, all of that. You know, uh, a lot of people uh, hug. I, I'm a hugger. There's a, a lot of people that are huggers. When you see somebody, uh, man or uh, woman, that that, uh, that you know or that uh, you uh, want to uh, to greet, uh, you know, give them a little hug. And it's never thought anything about it. And now uh, you have to have second thoughts about whether you should do that or not. Yeah, kind of scary. Okay, good morning. Good morning. Talk to you later. Angela Lansbury, the 92-year-old Murder, She Wrote star, is trending on social media for all the wrong reasons. During an interview with British Radio Times to promote her appearance in the BBC's upcoming adaptation of Little Woman, she was asked for her input on the sexual harassment scandals haunting Hollywood. She said, quote, We have to own up to the fact that women, since time immemorial, have gone out of their way to make themselves attractive. And unfortunately, it has backfired on us, and this is where we are today. She goes on saying women are partially to blame for being raped. We must sometimes take blame, women. I really do think that. Although it's awful to say we can't make ourselves look as attractive as as possible without being knocked down and raped. Should women be prepared for this? No, they shouldn't have to be. There's no excuse for that, and I think it will stop now. It will have to. I think a lot of men must be very worried at this point. Angela Lansbury, getting a lot of, uh, there's a lot of outrage among women that heard her, her, read about her saying that. It is uh, 926, a break here. We're coming right back on this open line. And uh, this uh, text, uh, I reviewed the goaltending call last night. Frame by frame, the ball was two-thirds out of the rim, then changed directions. Do I think it was goaltending? Yes. Am I 100% sure? No. Do I blame the officials? No. But it was a huge play. Don't know how good a defensive player that Tillman is, but... We sure could use a big man down low on defense. And uh, Justin says the dockless bike share program sounds like a disaster to me. Just look up the nightmares that cities have had to deal with 
get ready to see bikes in the boneyard. <laughs> nice, optimistic a little of text there. Champaign City Council working on bike sharing. It is uh, 9.30, and uh, Scott Beatty has the uh, news headlines. We'll be back with more of our open line on Penny up until 10. And then after that, Julia Reitz. Here's Scott. Welcome back to uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. This is an open line at uh, 9.35. We'll go up until uh, 10, a break for the news, and then a conversation with uh, Julia Reitz. Julia, of course, the uh, state's attorney in uh, Champaign County. What would you do if you got an application in the mail inviting you to join a white supremacist organization? Deb Prethi writes about that in today's News Gazette. A stunned and appalled Chris Butler called his local postmaster in Philo, then postmasters in Champaign and Urbana, to ask if anyone else had received one of these applications in the mail and complained about it. He said, I wanted the postmaster there to, I wanted to uh, tell them that there might be something going around. 63-year-old Butler also received a copy of what he received uh, with the News Gazette, shared a copy with the News Gazette, others that they might be receiving the same correspondence. Have you? Have, uh, has anybody else uh, gotten one of these? The application uh, is from the Racial Nationalist Party of America. It arrived in an envelope uh, postmarked November 22nd, addressed to resident in large scrawled lettering. There's a picture of it in the News Gazette this morning. Butler said, my first reaction was maybe one of my grandkids was sending me a card then he looked at the return address in Lockport, New York, and realized it couldn't have come from the grandchildren. I went in there and looked at it, and I thought, my goodness, this is insane. The application asked him to certify that he's a white American, 18 years old or older, and that he's in basic agreement with the racial separatist uh, views and objectives of the RNPA. The letter goes on to ask the recipient to swear under penalty of perjury that he isn't or hasn't ever been a member of a law enforcement agency intent upon entrapment of RNPA members or its affiliates. The RNPA has pulled itself out of the Jew-controlled banking industry, so do not send checks, traveler's checks, or bank-originated letters. Send cash only at your own risk. Instead, send postal money orders. The Racial Nationalist Party of America described itself on its website as a group composed of white men and women of all ethnic backgrounds and religious beliefs who have united together to fight for the interests of their race. It's among the hate groups listed by the Southern Poverty Law Center under the category of white supremacist nationalist groups. 
Butler is a business agent for plasterers and cement uh, masons, local uh, 143, said he learned the application he received was mailed from South Suburban Chicago. He doesn't have a clue why he got it, since he doesn't share any of the RNPA's views. I'm a white Irish Catholic. I'm a union member. I have no idea how I got on the list. It's, uh, he must be the only one. I've asked uh, several people. We're talking about it in the newsroom uh, this morning. I don't believe uh, anyone has uh, called in to say that they, too, got uh, one of these. But uh, it's kind of interesting to see what kind of, uh, uh, what kind of stuff they're sending out. The ra- uh, Racial Nationalist Party of America winds up down in Philo. We're at 356-9397. Text us at 351-5357. If you have something uh, on your mind today, just let us know. Bob Townsend, speaking of Philo, Bob Townsend down in Philo says, Just when I thought it couldn't get any crazier for the University of Illinois administration, I recently opened the News Gazette and saw the latest endorsement of our local bullies. It seems now that the U of I will cave in to any very small but very loud minority. I'm referring to the further attempt at gagging any reference to our honored symbol, Chief Alinawek. To allow this small group of malcontents to impose their absurd views on the rest of us is way beyond what this institution has traditionally stood for. The university is starting to look a lot like what one would experience in such places as North Korea or the society depicted in the novel 1984. This is an attempt at thought control and an assault on free speech The administration should perhaps consider that other people, other than these self-styled victims, have points of view, too. My family has had a long relationship with the U of I going back over 90 years and four generations. We have never considered that the chief was in any way harmful to Native Americans. To try to impose this small group of malcontents' views on the Big Ten Network and the U of I is beyond all reason. He's uh, referring there to the the last letter that uh, Professor Kaufman and uh, the president of the student uh, body wrote to uh, all the presidents of uh, Big Ten universities and to the Big Ten network telling them don't show the picture of the chief on the television anymore and also suggested that they, I don't know what they wanted them to do. Maybe they wanted them to go out into the parking lot and find the people that were f- flying this flag, was the one that was, uh, was on the BTN, and to tell those people that they couldn't fly it. You can't uh, tell anybody that, of course, but uh, who knows what the next step might be. It's 9.43. We take a break here. Phone lines open at 356-9397. Give you a couple of uh, good uh, stories there. Anybody have any comments on those? 
or whatever uh, you would like to talk about today is okay. That's what we do on Open Lines. Back after this. You know, from uh, trimming the tree to shopping for that perfect gift, the holidays are busy, busy times, aren't they? In all the running around, reminds consumers to be conscientious of spending this holiday season. Listen to some of these numbers. According to the National Retail Federation, average spend per person, $967.13. Total spent on gifts for family, $478.38. 38% of holiday shoppers will donate money to a charity, and 37% plan to donate items including meals for needy families. Busey shares seven holiday spending tips to keep your wallet as fat and happy as the jolly old man himself. Number one, make a list. Check it twice. No one advance how many gifts to purchase. Two, be a bargain hunter. From coupons to free shipping and deal hunting websites. Three, stick to your list. If you forget someone, add them to your budget and adjust the amount you spend on others. Factor in other expenses, like postage for cards and presents and greeting cards and wrapping paper and decor and food and travel and charitable giving. Five, review receipts from last year to anticipate costs for this year. Six, save receipts this year for a reality check. Seven, be cautious with credit and review your statements carefully. Busey is committed to helping customers handle their hard-earned money responsibility while enjoying the holidays. Challenge yourself to be both meaningful and impactful with gifts. Remember, your time may be the most meaningful present that they receive. For more holiday spending tips, visit the publication page in the Resource Center on Busey.com. Take a look at that, and uh, they'll give you some help. I don't know what uh, you thought uh, when you heard that uh, Matt Lauer had been uh, fired. That was uh, kind of a shock to me. Some of these uh, others have have been, uh, well, there have been the allegations and uh, this and that, and then a few days go by, or maybe even longer, and then Finally, uh, uh, people have been fired. In fact, a lot of them have been. Lost their jobs. But uh, all of a sudden, uh, Matt Lauer gets the word that uh, he is gone. Lauer's co-anchor, Savannah Guthrie, was joined by others to announce the news uh, this morning on the Today Show, saying this is a sad morning here at Today and at ABC, NBC News. Uh, this was from uh, Guthrie. She said that before reading a note from NBC News Chairman Andy Lack, which says, Dear colleagues, on uh, Monday night, we received a detailed complaint from a colleague about inappropriate sexual behavior in the workplace by Matt Lauer. It represented, after a serious review, a clear violation of our company's standards. 
As a result, we've decided to terminate his employment. The statement said that this is the first complaint regarding uh, Matt Lauer's behavior that the company has ever received in the 20 years that he's been at NBC News. We were also presented with reason to believe this may not have been an isolated incident, according to the statement. Lack said NBC's highest priority is to create a workplace where everyone feels safe and protected and to ensure that any actions that run counter to our core values are met with consequences, no matter who the offender. We are deeply saddened by this turn of events. An emotional Guthrie admitted, We just learned of this moments ago. The Today team is devastated and we are still processing all of this. All we can say is that we are heartbroken. I'm heartbroken for Matt. He is my dear, dear friend and my partner, and he is beloved by many, many people here. And I'm heartbroken for the brave colleague who came forward to tell her story and any other women who have their own story to tell. Guthrie said, NBC will be covering this story as reporters and we will share more details in the hours and the days to come. So I don't know about you when uh, you heard about that. Maybe some of you were watching the Today Show when that happened. NBC News also fired Senior Vice President uh, of uh, Booking News and Entertainment, Matt Zimmerman, after he engaged in inappropriate conduct with more than one woman at the network. Zimmerman is uh, widely known as one of today's co-hosts Matt Lauer's closest associates and confidants at the uh, network. He worked for years as Lauer's personal booker and expanded his remit to uh, oversee all of NBC News guest bookings as Lauer's power grew in the organization. We have recently learned that Matt Zimmerman engaged in inappropriate conduct with more than one woman at NBCU, which violated company policy, and as a result, he has been dismissed, according to an NBC News spokesperson. And uh, let's see what else they have in this the same uh, story. They're talking now about uh, Weinstein and said the New York Times would eventually break that story, which led to a barrage of high-profile men being accused of sexual harassment. NBC News' president, Noah Oppenheim, who is believed to have overseen Zimmerman, has come under particular fire and calls for him to resign for spiking the Weinstein story. So uh, it's uh, hard to know, isn't it? Hard to know who is going to be next. The News Gazette at uh, one time uh, printed a full page of those that have been accused. Now they're going to have to go to a double page as the names keep piling up. I want to uh, talk more about this bike sharing uh, system. I am a biker. I'm interested in the bicycles and interested in uh, bicycles and uh, automobiles and trucks and motorcycles uh, 
getting along. City Council uh, last night expressed unanimous support for implementing this bike-share rental system. This would allow users to park their bikes anywhere when finished using them. Now the council will decide if such dockless bike-sharing systems should be regulated by the city with permits or fees. The city staff will present specific regulation options later, but some council members shared their thoughts at the subject at the Tuesday's meeting. Tom Bruno said the city should avoid regulation unless there's a real need or reason for it. And uh, Councilwoman uh, Clarissa Nickerson, the foreman, agreed. Both Mayor Deb Finan and uh, Councilman Tom Bruno said their initial inclinations are to have light regulations or none at all. Uh, Finan said, I really want us to cooperate with Urbana and the uh, University of Illinois so we can have one permit, one fee, so companies don't have to go through a sea of regulations. I would like to also incorporate helmets. Well, that's pretty interesting. Uh, I've uh, been a wearer of helmets ever since uh, I started riding bicycles, and we were biking in Amsterdam one time, a group of us, uh, all Americans with our helmets on, and here came all the uh, folks from Amsterdam, and there are thousands of people riding bicycles there in the Netherlands, and they were laughing at it. They called them buckets. What are the buckets that you have on your head? Uh, Greg is next. Hi, Greg. Hey, Jim. Hi. I know you're. I know you're short on time here, but uh, I was following that thing with uh, Kaufman and Rosenstein and uh, all these anti-chief people. You know, the News Gazette, if they would quit reporting that every time he writes a letter or somebody steps on his tail and he calls the Big Ten or whatever, if they would quit responding to him, eventually he will go away. Well, I don't know. If if a guy, you know, a professor at the University of Illinois writes a letter and uh, sends it to every president in the uh, the Big Ten uh, conference— and also sends it to the the Big Ten Network. Uh, that's a news story, whether you like it or not. And uh, I kind of agree with you. I just wish he would go away. That's been my uh, wish for a real long time. But it is a news story when they do that, and I think they're obligated to report it. Well, the U of I needs to rein him in. You know, if, if Jim Turpin was a uh, employee of WDWS and started – carrying on like that. I'm sure whoever runs that place would have you on the, on the carpet. He'd tell you either straighten it up or you're gone. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it seems to me like the people in uh, academia, once you uh, get tenure or once you become a professor emeritus, there's not much you can do with them. Well. Don't, don't, the, am, uh, I, am I right about that? I mean, what is it you can yeah, do? You're, you're right. You're right. But uh, the U of I... You know, all we ever hear about is institutional, uh, whatever they call it, integrity. Well, they have none over there. If, they, if they'd have stood up to this guy a long time ago, this chief thing would have been long gone. And I, 
I watched uh, some ga- – I didn't watch the game last night, but I saw some Chief shirts uh, several games ago. And that's what the, the uh, Orange Crush folks need to do is getting that in at the end of the court with all the Chief stuff they can find. And there's no way the Big Ten Network will be able to not show that. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, back uh, particularly when they're uh, shooting free throws, you get a lot of uh, people uh, from the uh, crowd into the shot. And you're quite right. There's somebody here in town now that are uh, printing up a bunch of uh, T-shirts with the Chiefs, uh, you know, the Chief on them, and uh, I think they're trying to they got a little uh, thing going, uh, trying to get more people to wear those shirts at the games. Yeah, I, I read those online comments on the News Gazette site about about that story, and you can still buy all that Chief stuff. It's for sale on Amazon. Even the Big Ten Network's got some, got some Chief, Chief stuff on there, but... Uh, uh, is I, Julia Reed's going to be on next hour? Yes, she is. Okay. Well, why do you? Uh, maybe you could ask. Maybe well, you could ask her for me. What are they going to do with this guy that uh, disrupted that parade over there and took that guy's phone away? And uh, is he going to? Is he looking at any charges? And uh, you talking what about the? You doing with him? You talking about the homecoming parade? Yeah. Oh, I don't. Yeah, were so, were there arrests? He uh, people. And, he assaulted somebody over there, took their phone, and destroyed it. I didn't see any any charges in the news because that about that, but might ask her how that uh, how that works. Of course, I know I know what she'll say. She'll say, "Well, we can't file any charges until we get a police report," and there was probably no report made on that. But well, the uh, another, the, the, the problem there of... the problem there, Greg, and I do have to go here in just a couple of seconds. Yeah. But the problem there is that the university police report to the chancellor. Right. And uh, that uh, makes it very difficult for them to make uh, independent decisions on something like that. Hey, appreciate the call. i got to go. The news is next from CBS. Then Julia Reed here on DWS in Champaign-Urbana. And uh, welcome back to our number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin, and as I promised... My guest is Champaign County State's Attorney Julia Reitz. Pleased to have uh, Julia on. She always gives us some uh, good information, and a lot of people like to uh, ask her questions. So now is the time, 356-9397. You can uh, send a question or a comment uh, via text as well. That number is 351-5357. Julia Reitz, how are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you today? How do you like this place? Oh, I'm getting used to the diff- different chair and the layout here, but it's beautiful. You can see everyone. Yeah, this is a kind of like a fishbowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People can come by and say hello. Yeah, they come by and they'll yell at you. And do they? Win. Oh, no yelling. Mm, no yelling. <laughs> If we see somebody we want on the air, we'll just motion them. Come on in. Them. Come Join on in. Us. Join the party. Well, hopefully I, people will call. They always call and ask us good questions. So. I know they do, and it's a pleasure to have you on. I want to talk to you a little bit about the uh, the uh, budget, that uh, six-month uh, budget that the county board uh, passed, mm-hmm. and your, your concerns about uh, a lot of things, uh, not the least of which is the Youth Assessment Center. I know they're in that uh, six-month uh, uh, budget, are they not? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and so when we say six-month budget, there is a full-year budget but the six-month part of it is uh, what would be needed to fund the nursing home. Mm-hmm. So the 
budget is a 12-month budget for the county, but it counts for six months of financial support for the nursing home. So what happens if they go to a 12-month for the, uh, then you begin to worry, do you not? Right. Well, uh, that's right. 12-month, uh, which would include the nursing home. That's where the discussion was about um, if that we might need to make cuts in other areas of county government. Um, and so this puts that conversation off, um, which is, you know, hopefully we won't wait until the last minute. I think those conversations need to be happening right now um, by the county board members and decisions need to be made. Um, hopefully they'll move forward. Um, obviously my opinion and the opinion of other uh, countywide elected officials is that they should um, explore the option of selling, that the RFP should be issued so that we can see what uh, buyers are out there, uh, what options there are, have all of our options on the table when we're making decisions, um, and so that we're making decisions that are in the best interests of the county as a whole. That's our concern. Um, I think the nursing home is a valuable commodity, and um, but it also is extraordinarily expensive. Um, it takes up a lot of our county resources, and um, from our perspective, county government uh, is responsible for certain required services. Um, and if we are not able to provide those required services because we are providing a service that, while it's laudable and while it's something that we've had for many, many years and while it's something that we, we value um, is not required, then we have to start making hard decisions. So that's what really was being discussed when um, things were being put on the table. Okay, here, if we can't afford all of this, um, we're going to have to make some cuts, and some of those things are going to be things that we don't want to put on the table. Would that be uh, in uh, personnel or in uh, programs? Well, or both. I think it's important to acknowledge that both, because programs are personnel. Yes, you right. know, mm -hmm. um, programs are run and staffed by personnel. And so um, it, that really is the vast majority of our county budget personnel is. Uh, we are very lean. We've been so really since 2008, 2009, when the economy went south and we were required to make cuts at that point that we've never really recovered from in county government. Uh, we all had to make cuts and most of that was in personnel. Um, so now, you know, we're looking at can the sheriff put off replacing um, radios for his deputies out in the county? And, you know, they're 11 years old now, so can we put them off another year? And I think anybody um, who has any knowledge of technology, and that's all of us, you know, would understand that putting off replacing 11-year-old radios creates a safety issue for those deputies for and for the citizens that they serve, importantly. And so, you know, those are the kinds of things that we're looking at. But personnel, absolutely. Um, again, because we're very lean in county government in other, in what we would call commodities in other areas. So personnel um, has to be where we look. And, and, and personnel run programs. Is it your uh, feeling that uh, the people that have been opposed to uh, selling are leaning uh, the other way uh, just uh, a tad right now? Well, I think they're 
there needs to be discussions and there has to be a, a reality check. And that's unfortunate. Um, you know, again, I, I come from a perspective of saying the, va- the nursing home is a valuable commodity and has been a, you know, a, a, something that we should be proud of having in our community. But um, at this point, the, the, the system of health care has changed. The system of assisted living care has changed. Um, and we need to make changes at our level as well. And if we, if we cannot afford to do this, um, and if, if continuing to do this is going to come at the expense of services that we are required to provide as a county government, uh, then we have to make some tough decisions. And that's why people ran for county board. That's why they uh, stepped up to make those tough decisions. And now's the time. Now's the time. Yes. You know, one of the, uh, we'll get off the, uh, or I'll get off this uh, line of uh, questioning here in just a moment, but one of the uh, things that crosses my mind all the time when we talk about the, the uh, county uh, nursing home is that the the competition over the years is uh, for assisted living and uh, or whatever else they might provide has become uh, just enormous. So there are yes. places for our elderly and other people that are uh, sick uh, in virtually every little town around here now. That uh, wasn't always the case. Well, and what's being discussed with the RFP, which is a request for proposals, um, basically putting it on the market, uh, includes a number of limitations that would protect the the things that we value at our county nursing home. And, and so it's not a question of saying if if we put this up for sale, it's all these people who who are there are going to be out on the street. Um, I think that's kind of a, a narrative that's been pushed. That's per, that's a false narrative, and you know, really, the the RFP will protect the values um, that that we hold important in county government. And I think we we if we don't put it out there, how will we know what our options are? Um, that's really my thought: is let's get all of our options on the table. Possibility, so I suppose, decisions. that uh, you put it out there and nobody will want to buy it. Well, and then that's a decision point also, isn't it? But without knowing, we're going to continue, you know, we're going to run up against that six-month point, and then, again, we're going to be looking at, uh, are we going to cut things that we're required to do, again, that are staffed by people who work for the county, um, who, who do great work, or are we going to make a decision that maybe we don't want to make, but it might be time to make? Julia Reitz is our guest. Our numbers are 356-9397. The Castle Heating and the Cooling text line is 351-5357. We'll take a quick break here. When we uh, come back, uh, the phone lines are open for you if you have any questions or comments for Julia. Coming right back after this. We're back on uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin, uh, Champaign County State's Attorney. Uh, Julia Reitz is my guest. You can call her at uh, 356-9397. Questions and uh, comments uh, are invited, so jump right in or text at uh, 3515357. Before we get off the uh, business about the, the, the budget and the county board and so forth, I know you're concerned about the uh, Youth Assessment Center and um, are you, you're going to have to move now, right? Yes. Um, so with the successful referendum at the Unit 4 school district, they are um, going to start their construction project. And the Youth Assessment Center, which is a diversion program for 
uh, juveniles where uh, rather than going to the detention center, officers can take a kid to the youth assessment center, which is an actual physical location on Randolph Street, and they are assessed and referred for services in the community uh, with the goal of getting them on the straight and narrow, helping them make better decisions, um, and keeping them out of the criminal justice system. And so the building is currently, we're housed in a um, building that's owned by Unit 4 on Randolph Street, and they've allowed, um, they've contributed that for free for the past three years, which is fantastic. But they need that space now once they start their construction project, and so we are going to have to move. Um, so we have been looking for other spaces and have found a number of uh, potential places in the community, and now the question is, how do we fund that? And I'm working on that. We are, we are working on that, um, and I'm hoping to have a, a very positive announcement to make um, soon, hopefully. How about today? Um, not today. Not today. <laughs> not okay. today. Right. Um, but no, I no, think no scoop today. Um, soon, and maybe we'll let you be the scoop. I That'd know be you've good. always been very supportive of mm. the program. And the I was there uh, with you uh, mm-hmm. once, so you might remember. It's yes. uh, a terrific operation, but you're looking for a play. Are you looking for somebody to uh, donate again like Unit yes. 4 did? Yes, oh. absolutely. <laughs> and so I'm hoping to have a positive announcement to make. Um, and I think you know, this is, a, again, a great program where we keep kids out of the criminal justice system, which, you know, my job as the prosecutor is people think it's to lock them up. But actually, um, I get so much more value out of coming up with ways to keep kids especially out of the criminal justice system. And this is this is one of those ways. Let's go to the uh, phones for uh, Robert. Uh, good morning, Robert. You have a question or comment for Julia? Just kind of a comment, Jim, for Ms. Reitz. Uh I heard on the uh, news the other night that there's a problem with the a number of uh, racial stops for traffic stops. And, uh, you know, I can understand straight numbers, but I just have one comment about it. What are the causes of those stops? Why did they get stopped? And then compare those mm-hmm. numbers and see if it's the same imbalance or if it changes, because... I would think that the police officer most of the time would have a reason for that stop. Oh, right. And, I, you know, I think that those are really the questions that need to be asked um, in so many different arenas, right? Um, what, do, what are the causes? What are the, you know, it's not enough to just look at the numbers and the imbalances, but really to dig a lot deeper into the, the causes um, that, and the underlying issues. And I don't think you can't, you can't just look at the numbers and say, well, that's racism, um, because that's too simplistic. There's so many different layers to these issues, and we are looking at them in a variety of areas. So what you're addressing um, or referring to is the Urbana. Uh, the city of Urbana keeps track of the numbers of traffic tickets issued or traffic stops made um, in the city by its police department, and that um, you know shows a disparity, which is not unusual in the criminal justice system. Uh, That disparity exists um, across all levels and not just here in Champaign, but really nationwide. And so what you're saying is absolutely true. How do we get down into the the whys as opposed to just the numbers? Yeah, I would like to see, you know, when these things are reported, you know, sometimes this news things get a little distorted and it's just possibly it could be made a little more accurate for the average person. They're hearing that, okay, this is the comparison, and now it's more, you know, it's more correct than what we originally heard. 
Yeah, I and I agree. And like I said, I think that's that's across all areas and something that we we look at and make sure, you know, we're not make we're it it's important those of us who are in the decision making role to not be making decisions based on race, um, but on on behavior and on um on those underlying questions. Um, and so it's our job really to look at this in a deeper sense and try to figure out the answers um, to make sure that we're making the right decisions uh, across the board. I think some of it would come down to a little more common sense, but thank you for listening. Absolutely. Thank you, Robert. We appreciate your call. We're at uh, 356-9397. If you have something you would like to ask uh, Julia, we're going to have to break for the uh, news uh, headlines here in uh, just a moment. But uh, what do we have on uh, line two there, Ed? Let's uh, see if we can get uh, Larry on before the news. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Uh, they were just talking about the statistics and the number of this, number of that, and how it's kind of a racial imbalance. But when I watch the news and they show pictures of uh, an armed robbery or at a convenience store or at a bank or, or if there's a shooting in town or whatever, it usually involves a minority. So I would think that when the police are patrolling and even when they're having a traffic stop, that somewhere in the back of their not mind, they are looking for people. And if these people somewhat fit the description or there's something that uh, corresponds with some, uh, uh, some witness about a car or whatever, that would be an imbalance. And I, I don't know how else that could be anything else. So I, I can't see that it's ever going to be 50-50 or, or whatever when uh, so much of the crime that goes on in the cities is minorities. That's all I've really got to say. Okay. Uh, thank you, Larry. We'll let her respond here before the news. Well, and again, I agree uh, with Larry what he's saying. You know, we're, we need to look at behaviors. And unfortunately, the v- majority of victims in our community are um, African-American, are minorities, um, are women also. And, you know, again, it's important to try to dig deeper than just the numbers to get down to the causes. Um, for me, again, I do a lot of work in juvenile court, and I see a lot of young African-Americans um, who are making really bad decisions. And I um, want to come up with opportunities for them to learn how to make better decisions uh, so that they don't end up as adults in the criminal justice system. Um, Important to look at why, not just at the numbers. All right, we're going to take a break here for the uh, news headlines with uh, Michael Kaiser. We'll come back after that with uh, more uh, with uh, Julia Reitz up until 11 o'clock this morning. Here's uh, Michael. We're back with uh, Julia Reitz, the state's attorney in uh, Champaign County. We're at uh, 356-9397. Our text line is 351-5357. A couple of uh, text messages uh, have uh, come in uh, since uh, we had to turn it over to the news department. And let me read those, and we'll go from uh, there. What role does uh, Julia Reitz play with the Champaign County Board, if any, is she the uh, spokesman for the board? Oh, no, I'm not the spokesman for the board. As the state's attorney, I'm responsible for providing uh, legal advice and representation to county government. So that includes the county board and really any elected or appointed official. Um, and so my staff and I are responsible for providing legal advice and representation 
Uh, that includes a lot of the issues facing the nursing home from the issuance of the RFP to um, representing the board or the, the home or the board uh, when there's a lawsuit, uh, just a wide variety of capacities um, that we're responsible for. And then also, I am a, a department head. Um, as an elected official, I am the head of a county government department, and so what the board does affects uh, my department and my staff and how I run my office. Uh, the board is responsible primarily for funding decisions, for making the budget, approving the budget. Um, and so that includes approving the budget for my, for my office. Uh, by statute, as an elected official, um, I and the other constitutionally elected officials are responsible for the day-to-day -day workings of our offices, but the board is responsible for uh, making funding decisions and setting the budgets. Okay. That uh, straightens that out. And uh, here is a... Uh Another uh, text, uh, but before we uh, go to the uh, text, uh, we did uh, just get a call, so I don't like to have the callers uh, wait. So let's go to Bill. Hello, Bill. Well, hello. You could probably wait on this question because it's inconsequential to anybody but me. <laughs> well, <laughs> but you're calling, so. Uh, yeah, we'll be the judge of that, Bill. <laughs> okay. Well, I was watching a rerun of the Dr. Phil show. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was first aired on 2010, and they had a YouTube clip of two girls fighting at Centennial High School. Yeah. And the mother was egging one on. I was afraid that's where you I were going, Bill. <laughs> well, okay, and I don't remember that story. Mm -hmm. They said that she wouldn't come on the Dr. Phil show because she was facing charges. Right. And I wanted to know what happened and kind of refresh our memories about what happened that woman. Oh, okay. Um, I don't want to give out wrong information, but I, I recall that situation uh, where there were two girls who were fighting and the mother uh, was instigating and egging on essentially the fight. And uh, by doing that, she was charged with battery um, by being uh, a part, uh, basically by inciting or um, encouraging the battery. And I believe, um, although I'd have to double check, that um, she ended up pleading guilty. I think she didn't have a significant criminal history, but we wanted to make it clear that, especially as a responsible adult, that it was completely inappropriate to stand on the sidelines and cheer on your child uh, while your child was committing a, a physical act of violence. Okay, uh, thank you, uh, Bill. Uh been a long time ago. Good, good memory there. Right. Well, I try. <laughs> Even though it's in the federal court, from a legal standpoint, assuming Christensen's guilt, could he use revealing information about his victim's whereabouts so that he may be, uh, she may be returned to her family to lighten his sentence? If he is indeed found guilty of what he's being accused of, what types of sentences might he be looking at? Uh, plenty, I hope. Well, I guess we're still uh, waiting to uh, see whether they, they're going to ask for the death penalty. Then. Right. So I, my understanding, and this is a federal case. It's not a uh, case that we're handling in state court. Uh, we were in initially in the investigation, and uh, it's a very cooperative relationship that we have with the uh, federal authorities. Uh, they have taken this on. And again, um, you're correct. At this point, uh, they have not declared 
the, the U.S. Attorney's Office has not officially declared if they're going to seek the death penalty or not. Um, and in a general sense, certainly cooperation, um, assistance after one is accused can be taken into account um, in determining the sentence. And uh, one would think that if if someone you know had had done what is what he's accused of doing and gives information that could help reveal mm-hmm. uh, the location of the body and give the family some comfort that that could be um, something that could go to his benefit but ultimately that's um, in the hands of the prosecuting authority handling the case and and frankly in his hands um, it's really up to him whether he's willing whether uh, up to a defendant or a accused whether they're willing to cooperate and assist and even if uh, the uh, they decide to go for the uh, death penalty this has to be a decision of the justice department right yes it goes beyond just the local u.s attorney's office in this situation is my understanding as well let's go to uh, denny hi denny good morning how are you good how are you sir Great. Thank you very much. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Um, uh, I wanted to congratulate you, Julie, on starting that Fresh Start program. because I think it really addresses the most serious crime problem we have in the county. I was just curious, um, how are the participants doing with the program? Well, um, we had put out some numbers recently, uh, done a number of presentations at uh, various government uh, boards at the Champaign City Council, Urbana, the county board, I believe, also. Um, And so essentially there's different parts to the Fresh Start program, but the, and I'm not supposed to call it a program, it's more of a process. But um, one of the pieces of it is focusing on uh, determining who is involved in the violent gun crime in our community and bringing them in, those who are already on parole or probation, bringing them in and uh, basically telling them, we are focusing on you uh, and we're going to hold you accountable for your behaviors, but there is an opportunity for you to um, be, to, to take advantage of um, an individual, a counselor, a coordinator whose uh, job is to help you um, with the issues that you face, whatever those might be employment, housing, um, those sorts of things uh, to try to help you change your decision-making process and move forward. So um, we have done two call-ins. That's where those individuals are brought in and we sit down and have those conversations and um, they're started on the path and which account for 20 individuals. And uh, really to boil it down, a number of them have ended up reoffending, have been sent back to prison, um, have pending cases. One of them was a victim of gun violence himself and is deceased. Um, I believe at least one has a warrant out for him. And I think there's five who are um, working with our coordinator and um, not currently in trouble. So uh, a 25% Uh, rate at this point, which, you know, might not sound good in some senses, but actually given the histories of these individuals, um, we're relatively pleased with that. Of course, we'd like it to be higher. um, But at this point, um, that's about where we're at. And we're learning through through this process about ways, um, different things that we can do that we need to do, um, different ways we need to address. And so this is an ongoing process. 
Well, I'd just like to congratulate you because I'd say, you know, given the gravity of the crimes, uh, 25% is a really good thing. Well, and I, th- I think that's right. And, you know, people say, oh, why isn't this better? But, you know, you are looking at people who have a lifetime of of immersion in these difficult issues and asking us to be able to turn them around on a dime is it's just unrealistic so um, we're trying to be creative trying to come up with different alternatives other than you know other than the streets other than the morgue other than the prison and so that's you know, this is this is what we're trying to do, and it's it's a relatively new process still. So we've got to give it some time and see where it goes. Um, but I do appreciate your your um, understanding of the complexity of this. Thank you, Denny. Yep. Appreciate your uh, call. We're at three five six nine three nine seven. You can uh, text us as uh, well at three five one five three five seven. We're going to take another call here in just a moment. But when we get back, uh, could you explain what could or what uh, should happen to all these uh, these men that have been uh, allegations are out there about their, uh, sexual harassment for what seems like hundreds of uh, different uh, women have uh, made these allegations now. They laid us this morning over the uh, high visibility ones as, as Matt Lauer. And uh, I don't know, if, for one, uh, what, uh, what might happen. And uh, we talked about that a little bit mm-hmm. before we went on the air, if you wouldn't mind to to fill us in on that in uh, just a bit. But first, let's go to uh, John. Hi, John. Hey, uh, good morning. Uh, good morning. Does, does your office uh, investigate public pension fraud? Uh, hmm. um, that sounds like it probably would be something on a bigger level, perhaps a statewide or federal level. Um, I, so the U.S. Attorney's Office does um, a lot more investigation into uh, government issues and probably the attorney general's office. And we don't really have an investigation process. Um, we really rely on local police agencies for our investigations. Um, so so would, the attorney general would investigate, say, the teach retirement system, public pension fraud? She has much, yes. The attorney general's office has more of an investigative process and function, definitely, than we do. I thought they represented the state entities. Well, they do that also. And so, again, um, that could be something that... Um, uh, the federal authorities might be uh, better suited for, depending on the situation. If a if a uh, an order, not an opinion, an order is determined void, uh, does that make that uh, issue ripe for litigation again, or is there statute limitations that would be mm. uh, uh, open again? Um, you know, I'm not really sure. I think you're going outside of my area of legal expertise and you know I can tell you as a lawyer that it's always a good thing if lawyers don't really know the answer that we don't try to guess it so thanks for your help yes that's the first time I've ever heard anyone say that well you know I know usually it seems like we try to act like we know everything but I'm hi Jenny Uh, you're next hi Jenny hello no click again that's good um I I like Julia Reed's office I know they do good work but um hypothetically in an issue where a um, a gun was stolen from an individual, and uh, they were uh, seen doing this. And uh, this was about a year ago. And uh, the because parents got involved and the young people got scared, they returned the gun without the um, bullets. Um, 
why in the world would the attorney in this report when it came to the state's attorney's office, why would they not go after, especially with the gun violence, why would they not go after those individuals who stole it and kept it? Well, I think I know what you're talking about, and I think it more is a question of the ability to prove everything from a legal perspective than um, whether or not it's an issue that needs to be addressed, if that makes sense. Um, you know, there's what we can prove in the criminal justice system based on the entirety of the evidence sometimes might not be what we believe we know um, in our hearts. or And so, you know, we ha we're the ones who have to make those final decisions. And I understand sometimes people don't agree with the final decisions we've made, but um, they're made based, again, on the entirety of the situation. Let's take our uh, final break uh, right here, back with uh, Julia Reitz after that, and have uh, several more minutes. Uh, so call us at 356-9397. Uh, We've been getting some very good calls, as uh, usual, with uh, Julia, and uh, we'll continue after this. It's uh, 1052. I'm Jim Turpin. This is Penny for Your Thoughts. We're visiting with uh, Julia Reitz, the state's attorney in uh, Champaign County. Uh, quickly here. Concerning Floyd cards, does a juvenile offender's record eliminate them from getting a Floyd card? Yes, it can, um, depending on the offense. If it's an offense that would be a felony if you were an adult, it can affect your ability to get a Floyd card. What about DUI convictions? No, I do not. No, DUI convictions do not. Domestic battery as a misdemeanor does, but not DUIs. Well, about this uh, sexual harassment, what what can happen to uh, people? And we don't even know what these uh, allegations are because it uh, when these uh, stories all come out, it's uh, uh, mm -hmm. called inappropriate and all those kinds of things, which could range from, uh, you know, a, a little uh, kiss to uh, to something uh, really uh, that would border on uh, being a cr criminal activity. Right. Only if there is anything physical... Um, in the situation that could uh, become a criminal offense. Um, so if there is any unwanted touching um, of any sort, really, uh, well, not of any sort, but um, uh, of certain types of sorts. Um, I don't know how detailed I can get mm -hmm. um, in you that regard. Like. But, uh, you know, if there, are, if there is behavior that rises to the level of sexual conduct, uh, which is touching um, various areas of the body, that could um, rise to the level of a crim criminal offense. Or um, even not sexual conduct, um, even a battery, um, an unwanted touching of any sort um, could, uh, that, that is provoking, um, could potentially be charged as a criminal offense, as a battery or a sexual, a sexual abuse or a sexual assault. Um, the other issues that have been coming up, the kind of... Um, the propositioning, the statements, the pressures, that sort of thing, um, certainly could be addressed in a civil arena through an employment process. Um, and depending on the situation, you know, could ultimately end up in, again, in civil court, in a civil lawsuit uh, with damages, um, again, depending on the situation. And so, um, so that, or could be handled within the employer employee relationships, such as what we saw this morning with Matt Lauer, um, or it could be a multiple, multiple ways of addressing those. So, you know, somebody, a victim could file a civil lawsuit, could 
seek a uh, criminal charge, and the employer could act um, independently as well. So lots of different legal, uh, potential legal ramifications. What if it was something that uh, not getting that close to uh, criminal activity, uh, and uh, it's my understanding that a sexual harassment can uh, be uh, calling somebody by a name, uh, calling a uh, woman a sweetheart or something uh, to that effect, and uh, they don't like that, and they consider that uh, to be uh, a sexual harassment. Well, and again, I think, uh, you know, I'm not an employment lawyer, so mm-hmm. I'm going to say that, just like I said before, that I'm not really an expert in the area of employment law. Uh, there certainly are many lawyers who specialize in that field, and uh, I would uh, hope, I'm sure, that employers are seeking their advice um, to make sure that they're providing their employees with safe environments and um, that they're addressing these issues when they come up appropriately because a, um, a workplace harassment situation, um, if there's a pattern and you can demonstrate that, um, again, could have serious ramifications for the employer. Um, even if the employer um, isn't aware of what might be going on at a you know, at a lower level within uh, within that business. The employer still is responsible for the workplace. So um, there certainly can be legal ramifications um, for for a, a business, um, and, and everybody really should be looking at their policies, at their practices, um, and, again, hopefully getting some good advice on how to ensure... Um, that that everyone feels safe and comfortable within their workplace. Um, again, at a criminal level, the burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt is much higher than it would be at a civil level or within an employer-employee relationship context, um, where really the burden of proof is up to those entities who are involved. So, for example, this morning with the Matt Lauer situation, NBC looked at what they had and they said, it's enough for us, and so we're firing him. Uh, he might come back and say, I shouldn't be fired. Um, the people involved, the woman making the accusations, might file a lawsuit on her own. Um, all that, I guess, remains to be seen. Um, but for us in the criminal justice wor- world, our burden of proof is beyond a reasonable doubt, which is the highest burden of proof. So I don't think that a lot of these situations are going to come to the criminal arena, um, but definitely could result in some legal action in the civil arena where the burden of proof is lower or, again, through employment implications where there really is no burden of proof other than what the employer believes is appropriate for their organization. Is there a statute of limitations on uh, any of these allegations? Yes, absolutely. Um, And again, depending on the fact pattern and the situation, um, generally for a felony it would be three years uh, it's extended based on the age of the victims um, if they're under 18, but um, generally for criminal actions, uh, those matters need to be brought up within a, a relatively quick time frame. Well, some of these uh, don't fall within that then right. because uh, these these uh, young women were, well, I was 17 years old and he was 30. Right, and I think, you know, and again, the question is what, what were the allegations, and that, uh, and, uh, and how do you prove that? Um, in Illinois, recently, the statute of limitations for uh, sexual 
assault against minors has been basically eliminated. There is no statute of limitations. Um, and that uh, was an action that was uh, made in the legislature very recently. Um, but again, that doesn't account necessarily for our ability to prove those cases, but it does allow us the opportunity to bring them forward um, at any time once the victim comes forward. Julia, our time is up. It's always a pleasure. I appreciate always. it. Very nice to have you here. Yes, and uh, great calls and in this wonderful, nice new studio and hoping I'll be back. You will be before the month is out of the month of December here on DWS in Champaign-Urbana.